0: Welcome to the Just Ingredients podcast. I'm carlyn and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. With the holidays right around the corner, now is the time to start thinking of the perfect gifts to buy your loved ones. Don't miss the Just Ingredients early Black Friday sale on November 23rd and 24th. The entire website will be 20% off. A sale this big only comes twice a year. Stock up on your favorite face serum or deodorant for yourself, gift a collection set of beauty products to your mom, or surprise your husband with my brand new chocolate peppermint protein powder. All products will be in stock, including protein powder, my new hot chocolate packed with superfoods, and my limited edition candy cane Christmas products. Nothing says happy holidays like a gift from Just Ingredients. This is the only big sale for the rest of the year, so don't miss out. Remember, November 23rd and 24th, the entire website will be 20% off. Shop the sale at www.justingredients.us. From young ages, both Marco and Aubrey knew they wanted to be chefs. They were greatly influenced by their childhoods. Marco's mother was a great home cook and his father, a chef, and owned and operated Bruno's Old World Italian Deli in Los Angeles for many years. After graduating high school, he immediately entered culinary school, eager to build on his knowledge and fast-track him into professional kitchens. Since then, he has cooked for three presidents of the United States, world leaders, world athletes, local leaders, and many celebrities. Aubrey grew up in the Pacific Northwest, where she would go crabbing during the summers and spend weekends at Pike Place Market. Driven by passion, she graduated from the Culinary Arts Institute of UVU. Aubrey's had the opportunity to cook for many professional athletes, musicians, C-level executives, local politicians, and surgeons. You guys, I am so excited to have Aubrey and Marco here. They are famous chefs, professional chefs. I met them at an Evolve retreat that I was speaking at, and they were there cooking the most amazing food. And then I started chit-chatting with them and I was like, you guys, I need you on my podcast. So thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having us. It's we're a, excited to be here too. Yeah,
1: it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. And it was great to hear you speak at that event.
0: Well, thank you. That was a fun event. Okay, so tell my followers a little bit about yourselves, your background and how you actually became professional chefs and maybe why.
1: So I grew up in the industry. My father ran restaurants when I was a kid in LA. And honestly, it's all I've ever wanted to do. It's all I've ever known. And I've had an opportunity to kind of do a lot of different caveats in the business from catering to private chefing, to restaurant industry, to direct to consumer products that help people cook better at home. Aubrey took a similar route, but was a single mom, went to culinary school. So she's the educated one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to UVU's culinary. I was in their program, um, graduated from there. It was fantastic. I loved it. But I think that when you know you love to cook, you usually know from a young age. So I think for both of us, we at least started cooking at home when we were like 13, 14. Um, and we have also translated that with our kids, teaching them how to cook early uh, which we think is really important. But we started young, and then you just learn as you go. I, I, like I will admit,
1: it. my cooking skills improved once <laughs> I met Aubrey. So <laughs> nine years ago, we met, and we kind of brought our worlds together and, and started a business. And business has just been incredible since we met. And it's fun because she's so technical in cooking, and I bring kind of a freelance mentality. He goes rogue.
0: <laughs> I try to bring that. <laughs> that's awesome if you guys follow them on instagram it's actually really cool to see what they are making for other people and then you guys also display it so beautifully i'm like wow that's where i want private lessons to learn how to display it like that well Um, i feel like
1: you you eat with your eyes before you even taste it so it's so important even like i mean we we have a restaurant and i take great pride in like all of my staff being very put together and And cleanliness is very important. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like it starts with you as an individual, but then translates into the way you present your food, which then in turn, I truly believe makes the food taste better. better. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I actually haven't really thought of that before, that you eat with your eyes beforehand. That's sort of a cool thought. Sometimes I just throw it on the table. Maybe I should try making it look (laughs) a little nicer. Maybe my kids would eat it better if I did that.
1: It's a unique art form because unlike other art you eat it so you taste it but you visualize it and you smell it so you're taking in so many different qualities so anyway that's why I love it
0: oh that's so interesting okay so one thing that really intrigued me when I met you guys at the retreat was that you don't cook with sugar like you weren't using sugar in your meals and they tasted amazing so I actually want to ask you about this so did you just learn how to cook with all whole foods like at an early age? Why don't you put sugar in it? Oh, I have so many questions because I also <laughs> want to know what you use instead of sugar. Do you, what type of sweeteners do you use? Do you use real food?
2: So for us, okay, so people are always like, how can you trust a skinny chef? Like duh, 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 duh. We get this all the time, but health is extremely important to us. And so I feel like we've both kind of done our own research. We, I mean, I took nutrition in school, but you don't really learn everything there, I wouldn't say. But translating that into cooking has been huge for us because we believe in living a healthy lifestyle. And um, I used to teach cooking classes, so I would do a ton of research, but then also teach about what kind of ingredients to use, how to use them, and just how to live a more balanced life um, in the kitchen. So I feel like we usually try to use – if we're going to use a sweetener, we'll use natural ones like honey, fruit. We will do – if we need, like, a sugar substitute, we use monk fruit sweetener more often than not.
1: I think people don't necessarily realize that there is so much sugar naturally – In everything. In everything. Yeah, and and in fruits. There's ways – so, like, with our dressings, typically we use honey or agave – or some kind of a natural sweetener, even just fresh raspberries. Mm-hmm. And, and as long as you're cooking based on the seasons, I think that's a, a trend that chefs or industry people use, but it's, it's not a trend. It's, we're doing that because the ingredients are at their peak, which means the sugars are at their their greatest level and yeah. you know the peach actually tastes like a peach. Or, so we try to avoid not using the products that are in season, which mm-hmm. allows us to cook without sugar Um, because those natural flavors are coming through.
2: And you can do that too. Is One thing with, because obviously food is really, now when you go to the grocery store, it's year round here. Everything is shipped in. But if you try to cook more locally, then you can use both that. You can use a local ingredient that is fresh and in season. And so it's kind of a combination, I feel like, of both. But also just don't add it. Like (laughs) everything doesn't need sugar at all. So even like um, vinaigrettes, we tend to go more savory or if it's going to be a citrus vinaigrette and the lemons are a little bit too tart, then you can add an orange and that's going to add some sweetness instead of adding honey or monk fruit sweetener or something like that. So it just really is like, just cut it down. It's not worth it. You don't need it.
1: One of the biggest issues we have with the current offering in the food industry, is that everyone adds sugar so Mm -hmm. people think okay i'm making a good choice i'm going out and i'm buying a salad but what they don't realize is that dressing is actually probably worse than getting the hamburger and french fries true And, and it's honestly it's and i'm not trying to insult anyone else's cooking but it's because they don't understand how to balance ingredients without sugar so sugar's there to balance the fat and acid in the recipe and so with dressings, it's really easy to balance that by just adding white sugar. If you're technically sound in how to balance those flavors that the citrus, so you could use an orange or a lemon to balance with the oil and the fat in the dressing, then you don't need to add those sugars to, to kind of balance that flavor. But. Yeah.
2: Which also brings us to oils and we're super particular about what we cook with, um, not only for when we're catering and cooking for people, but on a daily basis at home. We really only use like olive oil. I yep. mean, is our number one. We use um, a- avocado Avocado oil. 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 Thinking, avocado. yeah. So typically that, so the seed oils, you know, we stay away from those, but. As you can tell, she
1: she's the more healthy cooker. <laughs> I grew up in the restaurant, so it, it was, It's Mm. tough because you're doing volume. Um, And so I know that restaurants have to cut corners to try Mm. and keep up, but if you just make a a stand to not do that, the customer has a better experience. You feel better after you eat. So
2: and even when you're pan frying, like a lot of oils, like the the light olive oil and the avocado oil, you can use that when you're cooking to bring up that like high heat where it's still gonna work as if you were to use like a canola. Like it can get that hot and still pan fry really well. So it's just like switching those things out, which we do often. And I think that people, once they do it, they're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I ever,
0: like, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Because it's actually that easy. It's just picking something else on the shelf. I love that you guys cook with the better oils. I tell people all the time, like, that should be one of your first switches. Just get rid of your canola and vegetable oil and use the avocado. You can't even tell a difference. So, yeah, but- even in baking. Yeah, it
2: totally works.
0: Yeah, I love that you guys cook that way and cater that way. It's amazing. But I also love the idea of just cutting out the sugar. So you've inspired me for salad dressings. I'm going to go home and like try some of mine and get the sugar out of it and put an orange in instead and see how it goes. But let's talk about sugar with baking. Do you have a favorite replacement that you use when baking? Honestly, the one that I feel like works the best is the monk
2: fruit sweetener, the granulated one that you can kind of find everywhere um, nowadays, which is nice. Like there's products out there that are available. We do, if it's, um, if we to make a muffin or something, I'll do applesauce, some basic simple ones like that, or like smashed banana. That works really well.
1: I think, um, I think anyone who's experienced our cooking either at an event or at our restaurant, when it comes to dessert, we also play in the portion control mm-hmm. space, because it is difficult to, to give that super sweet dessert, which we actually both don't love super sweet desserts. We tend to lean mm-hmm. to the savory, which really just means we're balancing the sugar with salt or some other yeah, uh, like,
2: bitter, like chocolate flavor. Or whatever.
1: But when we're mm-hmm. serving desserts, we do tend to portion them much smaller. So at the end of a meal, you don't feel super heavy or weighed mm-hmm. down.
2: Which then leads us to, like, with cooking, you have to have an eating, like, moderation. Like, it's okay. I feel like if you're going to have something sweet once in a while, obviously, you don't want sugar in everything that you're going to have. But if you're going to end with a sweet treat, it's not the end of the world if you use a real, like, natural raw sugar. Just keep your portion smaller. And I feel like that's how we live in general anyway.
0: Well, I love when I ate at the retreat with you guys because I had this nice, healthy dinner and then the dessert was so, it's just like a little mini dessert. I love that it just gives a little sweet ending to a healthy meal.
1: This, this style of cooking has kind of always been natural to us. But when we started our business at Lake Powell about six years ago, it dawned on us that, so our business there, we're spending multiple days with the same client on a mega boat if, if you don't know about Lake Powell. And so it's multiple meals mm-hmm. and these clients are you know kind of on the upper echelon. So they're very aware of what they're eating. And when you're feeding them on a daily basis for multiple days, you really s- start to understand how important it is to control every ingredient that's going into the cooking. Mm-hmm. And Luckily, I feel like we've, we have found a balance where our clients love it. They, after three days with us, they're like, I don't
2: feel good. Yeah. I
1: don't feel sick. I don't feel weighed Mm -hmm. down. And it is 100%. There's no magic. We're not like changing (laughs) the world, reinventing the wheel. It's, it's just that we understand exactly the ingredients that we're putting into each thing. And we're balancing them only to what we absolutely need in there. And it, it reflects in how you feel after you eat.
0: Well, and you're cooking with whole foods and nourishing foods the whole time. I remember you saying at the retreat, because you were feeding these athletic women, good breakfast, a good lunch, a good dinner. And some of these women were worried about how much food they were eating. And you guys were saying, like, what'd you tell them?
1: Well, it, it, it's okay. As long as you're choosing your portions, you okay. can eat like this. I mean, we eat like this
0: every day. Because it's whole foods. So. Yeah. You guys were teaching like it's whole foods. It's going <laughs> to nourish your guys's body. You're not going to gain weight from this. This is what your yeah. body needs for fuel. So exactly. I loved that.
2: No scary ingredients, no scary, scary oils
0: and stuff. Exactly. Okay. Let's talk about Lake Pal. If you guys follow them on Instagram, it's sort of fun to see these amazing, huge houseboats that they are on cooking for these people. But I'm curious do you cook with all food groups like meat, dairy, grains, or not necessarily?
2: So yes, we cook with everything. Um, I feel like we will have some people that have some dietary restrictions, and in that case, we will um, accommodate them in a way like let's say they're like for dairy, for instance, we just won't put dairy in whatever it is or put it on the side or make them something separate and pull it out. That's one of those things that's really easy to do. They're just small tweaks that we can do but we do cook with grains and protein always we just offer a wide variety of stuff so people can choose so every meal is going to have a vegetable it's going to have a salad it'll have a fruit and it'll have a main protein or two it gives them variety and opportunity to choose what they want but it's, I think, it's everything
1: I think Lake Powell too gives us an opportunity to really feel what it's like to be uh, a mom or a dad who cooks at home. It's challenging to come up with a creative meal every day, breakfast, mm-hmm. lunch, and dinner, which is what we do at Lake Powell. Because when we're not at Lake Pal, it's, you know, you do an event one month or a couple events a month and you can either use the same menu or you can base it on seasonality. When we're cooking at Lake Pal, it's the same client every day for multiple days. So you really get to understand how hard it is for somebody who cooks for their family every night. And what we've tended to do that makes it fun and exciting is you pick like a flavor profile. So like Greek and we design Mm -hmm. a lunch around Greek and then Mm -hmm. dinner is an Italian themed dinner. And so if, when we do have the opportunity to uh, talk to people about cooking at home, we encourage them to expand their horizons and just Mm -hmm. pick a flavor profile and then pick the ingredients that fall in that category. Mm -hmm. And then you could come up with a grain salad, a green salad, a, a chicken, because you can cook chicken a million different ways as long as you're staying in those categories and your family then wouldn't get bored having yeah. chicken every night.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's a great idea. I know lots of people that will do like Mexican one night, Italian the next night, American the next night, something like that. I should be better at that. That would be <laughs> a good variety for my kids.
1: You're a busy woman, so I... <laughs> The fact that you can get any meal out there is uh, hats off to you.
0: Well, I actually have a, a method, but mine's more like fish one night, chicken one night, beef one night, more yeah. plant-based one night. So I am trying to rotate them. I just don't do more themed like that.
1: It will also help because when you're going to the grocery store and you're buying ingredients. I mean, we tend to shop at like a Costco and I know you shop at Costco from time to time. But um, when you buy chicken at Costco, you're you're stuck with like a ton of chicken. So <laughs> that's why I think it, and we, we, we have a family of four children. So, I mean, it takes a couple days to get through it. So if you're mixing those up, you can use the same ingredients before you have to freeze them or figure out something else mm, to do with them a
0: few, uh, a
1: few different ways. Yeah.
0: Saves you money that way too. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious, did you learn how to cook with whole foods in culinary school, or is this something you had to learn on your own? We definitely cooked with Whole Foods. Everything we made
2: was from scratch, but the actual, I guess, like the nitty gritty of what is good and what isn't came after. I did a, I've did done a
0: lot of research um, just because it's really important to me. So. so people that are listening to this that are like, oh, I just don't even know where to start or I can't cook this way. They can, right? They can learn it on their yeah. own. They, What are some tips for them?
1: you, I loved what you said at the retreat. Like, don't be overwhelmed. Just yes. pick one thing and fix mm-hmm. that one thing. I think you said in your home and then in your and body, then move on
2: to the next, like
1: the products that you put on your body, yeah. like it is super overwhelming to try and think, Oh, I'm going to cook four days a week. Like it's, that's just not real. Or I'm going to, I'm going to change all my ingredients over mm-hmm. to whole whole foods right away.
2: I uh, feel like the key thing though, is to keep it simple. And, um, using whole ingredients it does that. But really, it's like choose, let's say I'm going to make a meal, I'm going to choose one protein. Let's say that it's salmon, I'm going to choose one green, maybe it's arugula, and another vegetable that I'm going to cook. So let's say it's like green beans. It's like you only need to choose three or four things per plate, and just keep it really, really simple and fresh. And you're not going to As long as it's whole and fresh and not coming from a can or a box, I feel like you're already winning. So keeping it simple, number one, have it balanced, add color. And the technique needs to just be like, I'm in a pan saute this really fast. That's the other thing is like we, a lot of us don't have a ton of time to put into these dinners for our families or whatever. So anything that I can do on the stove top or throw on a sheet pan and throw it in the oven to roast, Um, that's what we're going to do to make it like easiest
1: when aubrey says add color she's meaning like vegetables like when we go to the grocery store we're looking for bright flavorful ingredients and that's where the colors are coming from in the cooking and again it goes back to how we open this conversation when you eat with your eyes and so even when we're cooking for the kids if it's all one tone it's very boring i mean rice gravy and beef like it's just not uh, pleasing to the eye to, to even serving your kids, and so adding some colors from vegetables or fruits mm. will increase the desire to want to eat that meal.
2: Yeah, and you can even you don't have to cook everything. Some things can be raw, so I I really love throwing some greens that are tossed in olive oil and maybe some lemon or something over like on top of chicken, on top of beef, on top of fish, like a light salad adds so much texture, flavor and brightness that it really like can pull a meal together. But then you're eating something raw and then you have a vegetable that is cooked and your protein that's cooked. So it is kind of that balance that we're looking for, but simple, like don't let it overwhelm you. Like it's, I mean, you can make dinner in 15, 20 minutes if you really stick to only a few ingredients and simple techniques. I hope people
0: can learn like I love that. I love hearing that from professional chefs because I have to tell you, when I started on my health journey, I was like, oh my gosh, I looked at Pinterest and saw all these amazing, elaborate like kale bowls. And I was like, I don't even know where to like buy that stuff or how to even begin with that. And so I first started with, okay, I don't think I even eat vegetables at my meals. So I'll add carrots today. I'll add broccoli today. Like that's how simple it started And once I got good with that, then I moved on with, okay, well, I know how to make spaghetti, so let me just add some veggies into my spaghetti. Okay, I know how to make sloppy joes. Let me throw some veggies into my sloppy joes. So it is simple, but like Pinterest and social media and some of these things make it look like it has to be this elaborate, huge ordeal, when in reality, it really doesn't. It doesn't.
1: I love how when following you on social media, you also... Don't necessarily push your followers to a Trader Joe's or a whole foods where there's a more variety, but it's also more expensive. There are options in your local grocery store for good ingredients. And even to the point when we're talking about whole foods, you can kind of target when Smith gets new product and we shop on those days. Harmon's does the same thing. So I know when the new products coming in and that's when we choose to do our grocery shopping Costco. I'll give you a little tip. Sundays at Costco is when they bring okay. all the fresh fish in for the week.
2: Oh, really? So we
1: get all our fish on Sundays at Costco because...
2: And Harmon's does
0: every three days.
1: Yeah. Oh, so there's never- ways
0: to, to navigate
1: uh, picking whole food products.
0: Oh, I never knew that. That's yeah. actually a good tip to know. Thank you. I love <laughs> that you guys just said roast your veggies as an easy way to do that. That is a really simple, easy way. And then once you roast them, you can serve them that way or throw them into something, right? Yes.
1: You can also turn them into a soup. So like leftover roasted vegetables from the dinner before, you could put them in a a blender, add some chicken stock or bone broth, and then you make a really good soup and you cross utilize ingredients.
0: Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. I get this question all the time though, like almost on a daily basis. My followers will say, yeah, but I have picky kids So how do I get my picky kids to eat these veggies?
2: We have that same problem. I think it's universal that some kids are just really picky, but it is one finding what they will eat. And so it's giving them variety, trying to have them, you create meals and have them try it no matter, even if they don't want it, we're always like, you have to at least taste it. And we do that over and over and over again until eventually they like it. Sometimes they will will never like a specific vegetable, but if you keep trying and are persistent over time, um, I think that you can get a picky eater to be very much less picky.
1: I actually think there's kind of a secret and we we do it without even thinking about it, but we both grew up in homes where we cooked all the time. Our mom and dad cooked. Mm -hmm. We were in the kitchen. That's where our love first came from. We have, our oldest daughter is not picky at all. She actually wants to be a chef. She's always loved cooking, but so our other 15. our other three kids have always kind of been picky eaters. And this is the secret. So I believe kids just think it's a foreign ingredient and they don't understand what it is. So we bring them in the kitchen and cook with us. So let's just take asparagus, for example. I, I think Bruno like didn't know what asparagus was. And yeah. so when it shows up on his plate, it's like foreign, it's weird. But getting them in the kitchen and cooking with us, one, I think is like, It's one of the greatest memories I have from my childhood and we're trying to do that with our kids, but then it also helps kids understand what the ingredient is. And then they don't think like, it's not a taste thing for them. It's just, they don't know what a tomato is and it looks weird. It's got ooey gooey and seeds, but then at least with our kids, they've kind of like gotten over the phobia by touching it, feeling it, cooking it kind of thing. Yeah,
2: that definitely helps. Um, you can't do that every night obviously or else it would take like 2 hours to make dinner but sometimes bringing them in and or even if it's just teaching them how to carefully use a knife you know prepping them is also helpful but showing them variety don't you feel like and then having them taste it we're kind of sticklers we're like you have to taste it even if you don't like it you have to you have to have to at least <laughs> so, try it yeah you have to at least try it um, and then find out what they do love. I feel like it's really important. And then keep giving them that just so they get something, something. Okay. Yeah. Because even if they won't like something else, you can find
0: something yeah, absolutely. in each meal. We make sure that there's a vegetable, at least one vegetable in each meal, too. That's what I do. And that's consistency. And the consistency, I think, helps them because they know, my kids know, every dinner there's going to be a vegetable. And they may yeah. love it or they may not. So yeah. I like the consistency. And then also, I love what Marco just said about getting to know what vegetable they're eating. I hadn't ever thought of that, but I actually think that's really true because the other day, my daughter was helping me make asparagus and she was squeezing lemon over it. And then she was putting some lemon pepper on it. And then she put some butter. And she was oh. like, oh, this actually might be really good with the butter and the lemon. And I was like, Yeah, it might be. And so then when it came out of the oven, she actually wanted to try it because she had just made it and was curious to see what it tasted like. So I think you hit that on the spot, Marco. And I hadn't ever thought of that. So thank you.
1: Yeah, it's really, it's really easy. And I know we're all time crunched for a million things, but taking three seconds and introducing that, I think Mm -hmm. it, it does make an impact.
0: Well, and I'll tell you my little tip. You were saying it takes longer to cook with kids in the kitchen and it does when they're younger. But now that mine are older, I have to have them help me because I've got like 30 minutes and we've got to get it out in 30 minutes. And so now that they're older, they're great chefs and they just help me. And so it works through the pain as little kids because it pays off when they're older. Okay. So we're talking about cooking with our kids, having them help in the kitchen, having large families. Let's talk about budget. I always have people tell me, oh, it's so expensive to cook with whole foods. What do you guys say to those that are trying to cook on a budget?
2: Okay, well, first, I truly don't think that it is. I mean, I really feel like a packaged ingredient when you're buying more of those is actually more expensive, like a pre-made food. And it kind of also comes down to simplifying your menus. So you're not buying 50 ingredients for one thing. You're buying three or four. Um, So really it is cost effective. And when you buy more in bulk, that is huge and helpful. And um, also knowing what store you like to get what product. So because it's going to be more expensive if you go to a Harmons and you buy your butter there. If you go to Costco and buy the Kerrygold butter, you're going to get more for your money. 100%. 100%. So just kind of making those choices of what store to go to to get the best price. And we are super conscious of that with our catering um, company and also um, for our home life. So it's kind of learning where to get the best product for the best price.
1: I think when it comes to fruit and produce, you've got to mm-hmm. just stay with what's in season. And although it's always available, the price mm-hmm. will fluctuate. So yeah. being aware of those prices so when I say shop seasonally, it's it's based on prices because the lower the price means it's more available. So that's mm-hmm. a seasonal product. And then when it comes to protein, I think what people don't realize is for us, we go to Costco and, and buy in bulk or mm-hmm. with the restaurant industry, you can buy um, through a national provider. And we'll just take chicken, for example, from Costco. We buy that pack that has like six or seven little pouches mm-hmm. and it has chicken. Those chicken are humongous so what we actually do is open it up on the first day and we portion it out so we'll Mm -hmm. i'll take each chicken and cut it in half yeah and so you actually get four pieces out of there and then we Mm -hmm. divide that out per meal we'll Mm -hmm. freeze it label it bag it but then you could also do this with like the pork shoulders at costco so we'll buy the two big pork shoulders maybe we smoke one on the traeger and we Mm -hmm. we pull it and we put it in the fridge half of it in the fridge and use it for a meal So I think it just takes planning, which sounds a little overwhelming. But if you take three seconds, you make a shopping list, which we actually do like that. Yeah. And we lay out where, okay, we're going to Harmon's for these items. We're going to Costco for these items. We're going to Smith's for these items. People ask us like all the time, is there some secret grocery store that you guys know? We're shopping exactly where you guys shop as private chefs.
0: Well, I love hearing from professional chefs that, no, it doesn't cost more to eat healthy. It just takes a little planning. And that's what I tell people. It takes planning on knowing what ingredients you need to buy for what meals you're making. And then, like you said, splitting things up and portioning things out. Use that time to plan accordingly to save you money. Let's talk about the holidays since they're coming up. What tips do you have for people for cooking during the holidays?
1: i think this is one of the toughest skills to have but you it just comes with repetition and cooking all the time but it's timing so in the restaurant industry everything we do is about timing and so when we talk to people about the holidays it's really one of the only times of the year where a lot is riding on this meal and you got friends and family coming over and so when we teach cooking classes around the holiday menus like christmas or thanksgiving We try to talk to people about timing. So look at your menu in a whole and choose the items that you could potentially do ahead. So we'll just use Thanksgiving because it's right around the corner. But like cranberry sauce could be done two days before and it could be sat aside dressing for your salad, maybe even toasting some of the nuts or almond, Mm -hmm. the, the, the ingredients on the salad. So you have it all kind of, they call it mise-en-plus in the in the restaurant industry. Mise-en-plus your ingredients.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so everything in its place and your prep ahead. But also this is, I feel like, a time where you can make those swaps because um, traditionally people make that like green bean salad with like canned mushroom soup and stuff. So for us, what we do is we get like fresh shallots, and butter, which we'll use. We definitely prefer the Kerrygold Irish butter and saute those, maybe a little chicken stock or white wine, and then toss, throw that in a pan, toss it with our green beans versus doing like a cream-based canned soup, which is honestly terrible for you. So it is like learning those little swaps for your holiday meal, um, taking the tradition because we love tradition. We come from very traditional backgrounds. So, you still want those flavors. You just want to enhance them and make them healthier. So, we do that with um, cranberry sauce. We use orange juice because cranberries are so tart. So, and um, vanilla in that. And we'll even add like Granny Smith apple and um, pineapple. That's our favorite version of like a little relish of a cranberry sauce, which is also very dessert to me. But so it's just those little swaps, I feel like. Just don't overwhelm um,
1: yourself. The, the yeah. day is like so much going on. There's family coming over. Kids are doing this and that. So we just-
2: Prepare and plan. Just
1: think <laughs> out what you want to do. And obviously we delegate in our family because everyone in our family cooks, but mm-hmm. choose the things that need to be done the day of. And then those you can't change. And then do the stuff ahead of time you can. And leave, I honestly would leave like three items day of, which is like mashed potatoes. Yeah, obviously cook the turkey and make yeah. gravy. But yeah. everything else we try to do ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Cause you just don't want to be stressed on those big holidays. Yeah.
0: Timing is key because I I always get stuck with the turkey, the stuffing, and the rolls. All three I want warm. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, how do I get all three of these out of the oven at the same time? So timing is key.
1: So if you do the stuffing like ahead, you could do all the bread or whatever you're gonna do mm-hmm. as far as the stuffing, and then I leave the bone stock or beef, whatever liquid you're gonna add to the day of. So that could be sitting in the fridge. You pour that liquid over, and you throw that in the oven, and you could cook that ahead of time, then hold it, mm-hmm. and then heat it up right before service. So yeah. there, are, there are. I mean, it's hard. Like yeah. we've been do we do it for a career, and so. There are tricks to the trade, but I think just, again, simplifying it and try to time it so that you're enjoying that day as
0: well. It just takes some planning is what it takes. And I love that you guys said that it's a good time to just make little swaps and make some of your favorite meals healthier. I'm all about telling people, like, you don't have to restrict that meal and, like, never have your favorite traditional meal again. Let's just make it with better choice ingredients. And I have a prime example because my kid's grandma loves to make this fruit salad. Well, it has Cool Whip in it, which, you know, I just don't like Cool Whip. So so I make it for my kids with a better choice ingredient. We do all the fruit and we just put some real cream in it and whip that cream. And that's just a better choice. But my kids still get to have their favorite salad from grandma. It's just done a little bit better. So that's
2: perfect. Exactly.
0: Okay, you guys just came out with a new cookbook all about charcuterie boards. So I am terrible at charcuterie boards. Let's just say that. So give some tips for beginners of where to start with charcuterie boards.
2: I would say choose, so your fresh ingredients, so which is typically like grapes, any sort of fruit, apples, um, nuts, something like that. So you want to do your fresh and then texture, which is something like crunchy. So that would be like your nuts or whatever. And then when you're pairing your cheeses and meats, we like to choose something creamy, something a little bit more that has like a bite, like a goat cheese or like a blue, something like that. So just kind of pairing your flavors and then something that's mild, like that's a crowd pleaser, which is typically a white cheddar. And there's different varieties of that. Yeah, so there's um, British white cheddars, there's Irish white cheddars, and then there's English. So all, um, any three of those. And then there's local Utah ones, which are the beehives. So we usually grab one of those, something creamy, and then something with a bite. So three cheeses to give variety, and then also like two meats, typically, would you say? Two different sorts of salumi, um, which we... Prefer criminally locally, um, just because they're amazing. It's we think it's the best salami around that we can get. But there are also other great ones and prosciuttos, which are nice and like salty.
1: Not to do a product plug because that's uh, I'm honestly not trying to do a product plug. But we waited to do a book when it felt right for us, and charcuteries always been a part of our lives. So that's why the Mm -hmm. the topic felt right. But then it also. It's only $12. We we chose to do a book that was affordable for everyone because we believe that everyone should be able to cook. And then the third mm-hmm. thing is, is we laid the book out very different than traditional cookbooks. So there are some recipes in the back of the book, but the majority of the book is actually picture guides to how to build a charcuterie. So actually how we do it from starting in the center, to building hype, to all the things Aubrey just spoke about, the variety on the boards. The book is there to guide you through. And whenever we just got done talking about the holidays, whenever I'm in the weeds, is what you call it in the restaurant, meaning you're like, the turkey's not done yet, and people are hungry, a charcuterie board saves the day. So we always have one in the fridge ready to go, and you pull it out, you add a few things to it, and then people are 100% thrilled. Yeah. Even if the turkey takes another hour.
0: Okay. So I need your book because I'm not creative. And those things, when I see them on Pinterest, I'm like, you have to be creative to make those boards. So (laughs) I'm going to get your book and just open it up to the pictures and follow along. But I love the idea though, that I could do a charcuterie board a couple days before. And not worry about that on Christmas day or Thanksgiving day and feed that to my kids when they are all whining that they are so hungry that they're going to like die because they're so hungry. You know, we've all heard that. We need a snack.
1: (laughs) I grew up with four other brothers. So there's five boys. And I think many, many times charcuterie saved my mom's life on holidays. So.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So you also have a couple restaurants. So tell Mm -hmm. my listeners about your restaurants and where they are.
1: So the restaurants, uh, it's just such an interesting time in the restaurant industry and uh, staffing is hard and trying to keep up. But we love the industry. We always have kind of evolved around the restaurant industry here in Utah, but we felt like it was time to elevate it. So we, we launched a brand called Nino Viejo, which is our Latin concept. So Aubrey has Latin heritage from Spain. And so... It isn't a Mexican restaurant. It's truly a Latin inspired restaurant where you can see ingredients from all over Latin culture. Um, and then growing up in San Diego, obviously there is an influence on the menu from Mexican cuisine. So we love it. It's been super successful. It's in Farmington at Station Park. And then we have two other restaurants in the works. We always have stuff going on. And so it's it's really managing time and focus. And so mm-hmm. right now the book is our major focus, but there's and and oh, the salt. So that was actually something I was. Wanting yeah, to talk I was about. just
0: going to ask you about the salt because I was going to tell my listeners they have the book, a restaurant, and now your new salt that you came out with.
1: So I think the salt goes back to the the conversation about oils. So we tell people if you only change two things in your cooking after listening to this, change the oil you're using and change the salt you're using.
2: And sugar.
1: Well, yeah, three things. Three try things. To, <laughs> try to pull sugar out. Yeah, but when you're cooking with whole foods, it is really hard to now get flavor. Like if you're not a professional chef, a lot of people are like, well, now I don't know how to get it to taste good.
2: It's just salt. It's so easy. A good quality salt will change your life.
1: 100%. So get rid of the iodized baking salt that our parents use. It's it's just terrible for you. So Replace it with a nice either sea salt or kosher salt. or the
2: Himalayan salt. Or AM, the holy
1: salt. <laughs> um, Redmond
2: real salt is fantastic with the minerals, the natural minerals in it. So we definitely replace your salt. But our salt is great because it's an all-purpose blend. So it has tons of herbs and spices in it. There's no sugar. There's no um, MSG. MSGs. There's no preservatives. preservatives at all. There's no, like, the caking agent that they put in to make it not cake. So you do want to use it. Um, but it will last a very long time. Well, Um, and I love
0: that it has the herbs and seasonings in it so that I don't have to worry about salting my food plus trying to figure out what herbs and spices to use. It's all just in there together. Exactly.
1: So when we developed the product, we just saw a void in the space of something that could help people cook vegetables. And honestly, it was that simple. Or make avocado toast taste better it was so popular your
2: scrambled eggs taste better literally it can go on everything
1: so it's a one ingredient that replaces like 15
2: mm-hmm.
1: 15 other herbs and spices in your yeah. cabinet all in one and so honestly we we love the product but we get so many people you know messaging us like i feel like i can cook now like i feel yeah. like the and it's just I, that they
2: taste better yeah they're
1: experiencing yeah. flavor for the first time That's not with preservatives and additives and sugars and all these other things it's just a natural blend it's 75 percent salt so it really is just flavorful salt that that really improves your your cooking with whole ingredients
0: I love that you guys said to put it in scrambled eggs and avocado toast because I haven't tried that like I've just used it in veggies and things so duh I need to try that that's a great idea
1: we have some more products coming too because a lot of people have asked for uh, like a, a sweet baking salt. So we're working on that. But the diversity of the product, it also works. Thanksgiving's around the corner. So uh, brining your turkey. So it's a it makes a great brine spice. Our salt mm-hmm. does. so, um, And we have some tips on our website at amnicoli.com. We try our best to update recipes on there, but there's recipes there. You can shop both our book and our salt there. But our our brine recipe will be on social and on our website.
0: I also love that you guys saw a void in the market and was like, we're going to fix this. We're going to make the good salt with the herbs in it. So I love that. Any last tips for my listeners that you want to share about cooking healthy, cooking with the family, budgeting, anything like that? Simplify your life. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> It's probably one of the things that we
2: try to do to pull the stress out of it and have fun. Nothing has to be that serious. It doesn't being in the kitchen doesn't have to be a stressful thing. If you keep it simple. Oh, I love that.
1: I think mine, I kind of stole from listening to you speak the first time, which is don't be overwhelmed. Like you're not going to do this overnight. If you take those little steps that fit in your budget You will see a difference. And if I'm being honest, when, when we first met you, like, there's a, there's a glow about you or like, you can tell that you're healthy. Like you're, Mm -hmm. you are like, there's a, there's a health aspect and it's Mm -hmm. not even before I knew, honestly knew who you were, like your, your skin, the way you keep yourself. And that all is based on the ingredients you're putting in your body, on your body. And it doesn't happen overnight. So just
0: choose one
1: thing fix Mm -hmm. that, then move on to the next. And you will, honestly, you will see results almost immediately because you don't realize how much crap
0: is (laughs) in the food. (laughs) That that is true. Try to eat at home more. That is true. And you know what people say to me all the time? Like sometimes I'm just in a hurry and I need to eat out. And I'm like, no, just make yourself like tuna fish. If you're that, you know, or scrambled eggs or a grilled cheese (laughs) sandwich or something that's better than the seed oils Thanks. and all of the stuff you're going to get in the fast food. Yeah. So I love that advice of just keeping it simple and not getting overwhelmed. So thank you so much for sharing that. Tell my listeners where they can find you guys.
2: Um, so both of us are on social. Our names are Aubrey Nicoli, Marco Nicoli, and our salt is am.
1: Dot Nicoli um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So AM Nicoli salt, and then on mm-hmm. our website, you can purchase our book and our salt. Mm-hmm. So that is amnicoli.com. And uh, obviously the AM is for Aubrey and Marco, but we also are a blended family. So we both had kids going into the marriage. And so we used to cook and spend a I lot of time together in, early, in, the AM. <laughs> in the early mornings. Oh. And so I tell people we fell in love in the AM. So oh, that's, that's awesome. where our story came from.
0: Oh, that's fun. Okay, so I always end my podcast with asking my listeners what they have found to be the best ingredient in life. And I'm so curious to hear what you guys are going to say.
2: (laughs) Um, I guess I'll start, baby. So a key ingredient to life for us, well, anytime that we're creating a plate of food, when we're cooking and creating, you're trying to create that perfect bite. And in order to do that, you have to create balance on the plate. So that's balancing your flavors, your textures, visual, the smell. And I think life is very much that way. It's balanced. Like our key to life is finding that balance, which is very difficult. And like sometimes you don't do it, but when you do, it's magical. And I think, and on the plate, it's the same thing. When you find that balance, it is magic. It makes you so happy, like you could cry, like it's that good. So I think that in life, we really, really try to find that. I love
0: that. And I love that analogy. That is great.
1: I double down. Balance is 100%. And -hmm. outside the kitchen it is balancing our kids' schedules. And our our business is very tough. And we spend a lot of time away from our kids. And so we try Mm -hmm. to balance that by when we are home, focusing on them and giving them the attention that they need because we know that because of what we do, we, we are gonna be gone. Um, and sometimes.
2: it's okay, it's okay if you fail. It's okay yeah. if like things don't go your way at that time, but as long as you keep trying like over and over and over again, and that's what we definitely try to do. And we choose, we choose happiness, trying to be happy and finding that balance within our home and in our workplace. Cause obviously we work together. We're also a family We're crazy. and have kids. <laughs> So um, I think finding the work balance and our home balance is
0: what is our key. And it is magical if you can find it. And that is a hard goal for everybody to try to find balance because work overtakes things or kids overtakes things. So you're right. Balance is an important ingredient in life. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, you guys, for being on my show today. I loved learning little tidbits from you. And again, thank you. Thank
1: you for having us. You're amazing. You love following everything you do. So thanks for having us.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus, get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.